0: Welcome back. Comes One in five married couples struggle to conceive. Infertility is a very distressing event for couples who uh, can't conceive. IVF presents uh, a hope, a chance to fulfill their dreams to have a family and it's become so common that 42% of American adults say they have either used uh, fertility uh, services or know someone who has been using fertility treatments. And now, two weeks ago, the Alabama Supreme Court issued a ruling that adversely affects men and women in their efforts to conceive in this way. Uh, And with us to discuss this ruling is Chicago area attorney Nitty Desai. Nitty concentrates her practice in the area of Productive technology. She's the director of art for the Academy of Adoption and Assisted Reproduction and serves as a board member in the Chicago Coalition for Family Building. Uh, lots of accolades. This is uh, the, the, uh, her life's work. Nitty, thank you so much for joining me today.
1: Karen, thank you so much for having me and for
0: shining some light on this critical issue. It really is astounding, and I am really interested to see what your thoughts are. So how many children are born through in vitro uh, approximately in this country? Do you have the stats on that? Because I think it's important to know how common
1: this really is. I do, Karen. So the CDC reports stats on IVF, and the most recent statistics are from 2021, um, approximately 2% of children born in the U.S. are born through IVF, so it's 2.3 percent. So if you think about it, that boils down to about one in 50 kids born Okay.
0: So two weeks ago, the Alabama Supreme Court had uh, listened to a case. Can you tell our listeners a little bit about the facts of the case, what brought the issue to the
1: court, and then how the court ruled? Absolutely. So the case began when a patient who was um, unrelated to fertility care wandered into the laboratory and somehow opened the cryotank and pulled out some embryos. didn't realize how cold that cryotank was, and due to the extreme cold, ended up dropping those embryos. And so as a result, um, the embryos, of course, were no longer viable. So the question uh, before the lower court um, was, you know, is this a case of negligence? Um, And then also, can you employ the theory of wrongful death to the case? Uh, The lower court said you cannot. These are embryos um, and not children. And then the case ended up being appealed up to the Supreme Court. Um, The Supreme Court decided that the wrongful death of a minor act applies to all unborn children regardless of their location um, and including IVF cryopreserved embryos. Uh, They referred to the cryotanks as cryogenic nurseries um, and uh, employed some other valuated terms through there. So the whole crux of this case had to do with civil liability. This wasn't a criminal case. Um, and when you apply wrongful death as opposed to negligence, you can attach uh, punitive damages, which means the damages awards will be higher.
0: So Nitty, like, let's just say, given this opinion, let's just say the opinion st- stays and it's not overturned, and the Alabama Supreme Court is the highest court in that state. So let's just say you've got embryos sitting in a lab somewhere, and someone comes in and throws them on the ground. Is that grounds then for what murder?
1: Um, that would be grounds for murder, absolutely. If somebody trips and they fall, then that would might be grounds for manslaughter. Um, you know, there's uh, you're treating this embryo the same way you would a child that is born. So just so
0: we all know how this works from a technical standpoint when a woman they extract the egg and they inseminate it with the sperm and there are usually extra embryos is that correct because you're you're then implanting them but you're not going to implant all of them is
1: that fair to say that is fair to say and just to take a step back you know when when the embryos are formed the first thing that happens as you mentioned is that the eggs are extracted and that takes Series of medication, et cetera, um, to prepare her body for that, um, and then the sperm might be injected one by one into the eggs, um, or and that's called um, ICSI. And one and or they just um, might just be put into the petri dish and they see what happens. So not all embryos are going to develop to the point. My point is that not all embryos are going to develop to the point where. They can be frozen, um, which is typically at day five or six, which is what's called blastocyst in the embryonic uh, stage.
0: So So according you absolutely will have extras. So you'll have extras. extras. So now there are extras sitting all over the place in Alabama. What is supposed to be done with them? I mean, are we going to force women to have them placed into their bodies? Or because you can't get rid of them, because if you get rid of them, then that's murder. So what? What What is, according to this court's uh, ruling, and I'm sure the court doesn't go into what is supposed to happen, because they're just mm-hmm. ruling on the issue, they're not dealing with the practicalities, but practically, what's going to happen now?
1: Right, well, the court even went on to say, we're not dealing with any policy issues here, but as you have pointed out, there are just about a million policy issues <laughs> yes. here, so... I think as a practical matter, you know, one of the things that may start to happen is people move their embryos out of the state um, unless there's some sort of prohibition on that. Um, The attorney general has said that they're not going to prosecute uh, under this wrongful death uh, ruling, and, you know, that's... The word of the attorney general, so, um, or the state's attorney, excuse me. So, the, you know, one, one idea would be to move them out of state, but the logical consequence of this is yes, you either have to keep them indefinitely, um, in a cryo tank or transfer them into, uh, the patient or, um, at some point, you're you're going to be held liable, and I, there's no there's no roadmap, of course, in the court opinion as to what all of the consequences of this are. And I would say the other big issue is that with many IVFs, and in fact, sometimes this is why IVS is done. Uh, there's what's called pre pre-implant, pre implantation genetic screening. So if you have a condition like Tay Sachs. Um, or trisomy 18, where the baby will not survive, uh, those embryos are not selected for transfer. So people who have higher risk for certain genetic disorders will go through that. And the the very practice of PGS itself um, is at risk under this opinion.
0: We're here with Nidhi Desai, and she is uh, a lawyer who practices in this field. Uh, We're going to continue this conversation. Where can people reach you? What's the name of your firm, and where can people reach you?
1: Um, the name of our firm is Desai and Miller, and uh, people can reach me um, at the firm. So um, the, the website is familybuildinglaw.com, and my email is ndesai at com. Thank you. When we
0: come back, I want to talk a little bit more about the long-term ramifications of a decision like this. You're listening to WGN. We Whiskey Fest is coming to beautiful Lake Geneva, Wisconsin on April 19th through the 21st. An entire weekend of festivities highlighted by a grand tasting to sample over 100 premium bourbons and whiskeys with live entertainment. Plus, pairing dinners and Saturday night parties for distinguished hooligans. Sunday Fun Day includes bourbon tastings, a cocktail contest at the best places in town, and much more. Tickets available now at wewhiskeyfest.com. This will be a whiskey sipping weekend you don't want to miss.
1: My doctor told me my cholesterol is borderline. So I took control with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. Garlic helps maintain healthy cholesterol safely and naturally. It's odor and taste free, and garlic is a world leader in garlic potency. I'm taking charge of my cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula, cholesterol's natural enemy.
0: These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. The term natural reference is only the garlic in the product. Use as directed.
1: Monday, see how political paralysis in Dalton is hurting small business owners.
0: We are cutting and trimming trees.
1: That's why I get paid. WGN-TV investigates Monday at 9.
0: Welcome back. We're talking about the Alabama Supreme Court decision that ruled that embryos uh, created during in vitro fertilization are children. And uh, we're here with Nidhi Desai, who practices in this area in reproductive rights. So would it be fair to say that Alabama is not going to have IVF treatments anymore because that would be too perilous for anyone working in that field? Is that, is that probably what's going to happen?
1: So that has yet to be seen. There is a push um, on the part of the legislature to, the Alabama legislature, to uh, come up with legislation that would, quote-unquote, protect IVF. The issue with this is um, so far the legislation that's been proposed and passed has protected some people from some acts coming out of IVF, uh, has no patient protection whatsoever whatsoever. And so if I were advising an Alabama clinic at this point, the legislation is uh, absolutely insufficient. And for a whole host of reasons, including insurance, malpractice, et cetera, it would really not be prudent um, to be pursuing IVF.
0: I mean, I was just case. thinking about insurance. I mean, doctors get sued all the time anyway, but the idea that you're going to, you know, if you're an IVF clinic, that you're going to in any way get insurance. And it, it, I don't even know who would insure a clinic, exactly. who's, who's walking this tightrope.
1: And what about those cryotanks? Um, they're, one of the consequences that happened right after the decision is some of the shippers... Stopped operating in Alabama because they were afraid of any liability resulting from embryo thawing during the transfer out of state, et cetera. So, there there really are a whole host of issues um, that will flow from that. I mean,
0: it's interesting because even if you're pro-life. I think there are a lot of pro-life people out there who still think IVF is a good thing for people who want to conceive. So it's kind of you know this is not it's not a clear moral issue, you know, down down that path. Is
1: that what you you and your your colleagues are saying? Absolutely. I think, um, you know, and part of being pro-life is making the decision for yourself as a patient what to do in any given IVF cycle, right? So you may choose not to create multiple embryos. Um, However, that creates a whole host of medical consequences, too. So people should have the right to make those decisions, and I know a number of pro-life patients who... Have pursued IVF and believe in it, and believe in the distinction between an embryo and um, even a child in utero. Um, this is it, this decision was based off of a statute um, that was passed in the eighteen hundreds. You know, more than a hundred years before IVF, um, and purportedly envisioned IVF as a result. Um, uh, of that statute, so
0: I have a texter who I don't know if this is tongue in cheek, but maybe not. If these embryos are children, can the parents claim them as dependents on their state taxes? And although that sounds goofy and that's that's maybe tongue in cheek, maybe it isn't because if if they are children and the Supreme Court justice right? and 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 it was almost unanimous, I think it was just one dissenter. They they all were on board with this. So now what? I mean, could that possibly be? Is someone going to test that out? Do you
1: think? Yeah, well, so these are some of the, like, kind of logical, um, if you will, in quotations, conclusions uh, from this decision. Can you declare your, you know, 12 cryopreserved embryos as dependents on your income tax return? What happens if the intended parents stop paying storage fees? Then do those embryos become boards of the state? And who's going to start paying the storage fees then? The state? Um, and what Rights does the state have to take those embryos away from intended parents and force them to be uh, implanted one way or the other. I I think there are, you know, I could go on for hours (laughs) about the um, perhaps intended but unintended consequences, but all of which show. How illogical this decision is! This is a deeply personal decision that should be between patient and provider.
0: And I, I I read, and I don't know if I'm correct on this, that at least eleven states have passed laws that that define personhood as beginning at fertilization. So, is this a trend? Are we going to see more states doing this?
1: I think we absolutely are going to see more states doing this, and it's you know very. Um, interesting when you drill down into these states. So, for example, Arizona and Kansas say um, that life is at every stage of development. Georgia says any stage of development in the womb. Um, Missouri and Arkansas say from the moment of conception. Louisiana, among others, say at the moment of fertilization. They're using all of these different words, Um, you know, I think all of which will be tested at some point in time.
0: And we're assuming this is going to go up to the U.S. Supreme Court at some point, will will it not?
1: I I don't know about this particular case. This is a pretty um, state-centered case, and uh, certainly it could. But I think at some point, I wouldn't be surprised if, you know, one of these cases makes its way up to the Supreme Court.
0: The. Illinois, though, what what, what laws are or, or what? And I know that we have a governor and we have legislators that are a little bit um, are, not, are not are probably not going to pass laws like this. But does law Illinois have protections for couples in this kind of situation?
1: Yeah, Illinois has been very proactive. Um, seeing the writing on the walls even before Dobbs, uh, which was the decision that overturned Roe v.ersus Wade, came down. So in 2019, we passed the Reproductive Health Act which sets forth fundamental rights for patients to make decisions about their own reproductive health, including using reproductive health care, um, contraception, which we haven't even talked about, um, you know, sterilization, abortion, et cetera. So in Illinois, those health care decisions lay firmly between patient and physician.
0: And do you think the right to contraception is at issue given these types of decisions?
1: I don't see any way that contraception isn't the next issue. If you're really, if the fundamental premise of this is that once an egg and a sperm are combined, then they are a child, because many methods of contraception operate on the premise that they prevent implantation. So again, I read you those different definitions in different states, and depending on the state you're in, absolutely contraception could come into play um, and will.
0: So I'm I'm going to read a little bit from the uh, the opinion, and again. I I just see this as a cross in some ways of the line of separation of church and state. And I wouldn't say that unless I actually read this decision myself. Quote, the theologically based view of the sanctity of life adopted by the people of Alabama uh, encompasses the belief that God made every person in his image. We believe that each human being from the moment of conception is made in the image of God created by him to reflect his likeness. You don't see judges quoting the Bible very often. Um, no, and, and it's, you really don't. It's just really uh, amazing that that this judge did that. And again, nothing against the Bible and nothing against Christianity. And, and even if people believe that this is the right decision, it's just something you don't see in a court opinion for the reasons that kind of are fundamental to our uh, democracy, which is you don't inject religion into the government.
1: That's exactly right. And thank you for bringing this up, because it really gets to the heart of um, what some commentators in the past two weeks have called a step that we're taking in the direction of theocracy. So first of all, that particular quotation, I believe, comes from a concurrence, um, and so what, you know, wasn't part of the majority opinion, which, you know, may or may not have been deliberate, but, um, but the point is that different religions have different ideas about when a fetus becomes a person. So one person's um, religious views on when a fetus becomes a person should not govern everyone else's. That that is a principle founding right, um, premise of this country that there's a separation between people's religious views and our legal system, um and our system of government. People have the right to make decisions about what they believe to be sacred, um, which is why it's not appropriate to introduce governmental intrusion into a person's life based on someone's religious beliefs. I
0: agree with you on that one. And just one final question, just a general question kind of off this Alabama topic, but it's interesting, oh, yeah. you know, your practice of law is, is concentrated in this area of reproductive rights. And I'm just curious, when you go through IVF, do you need an attorney before you sign the contracts? I'm sure there are these these types of things uh, are governed heavily by contracts that you sign and you have they, they have to have ex- explanations about what your rights are. And as far as what rights men have, uh, when it comes to uh, in vitro. Is, is that something that lawyers have to get involved in?
1: Yeah, so um, most of our clients are clients who are using a third party um, to form their family. So whether it be a sperm donor, egg donor, gestational surrogate, some people do seek counsel when they are filling out their informed consent because they are A, numerous, and B, very confusing um, but I would say probably the vast majority of patients who are going through IVF without any third-party involvement um, do not end up seeking legal counsel before moving forward with their IVF cycle. Interesting. Interesting.
0: Well, thank you so much for joining us. And as um, is this that issue develops, we'll probably have you back on. Uh, again, uh, uh, Nitty Desai and your firm is Desai Miller. And can you, again, give out your, your contact information?
1: Sure. Our website is um, familybuildinglaw.com, and then all of our contact information is in there. Thank you so much, and you have a good rest of
0: your afternoon.